Very familiar passage to most people. We are going to look at the children of Israel, the Hebrews, going through the Red Sea. And I've entitled it, The Lord Will Make a Way. I have to tell you that uh, you may think right now that we are, as Christians and as people, as a nation, as a world, uh, right smack between a rock and a hard place. There's a COVID-19 on this side, and there's a big old, where do we go from here on the other side? I have to tell you that, uh, and, and I don't care where you go politically, I don't care what, you, what news you're listening to, what you believe all the facts are. By the way, I'm going to be the first one to say, I do not know all the facts. The politicians don't, medical professionals don't. And sorry, if you want to get mad at me, you can. You don't either. <laughs> it's just the way it is. We've never been here before. Guess what? The Hebrews never were between the Red Sea and Pharaoh's whole army. They've never been there before. Guess what? At this point, you can moan, groan, complain, and be negative and uh, blame everybody else. The Hebrews did it. This is grumble number one. There's going to be a lot of them. And, you know, whatever else is behind you. You can, you, you can do that. Or you can do, and I didn't know this little blurb that Peter just played. Or you can stretch your faith and say, you know what? God will make a way. That's what you can do. I'm not saying be unreasonable. I'm not saying throw caution to the wind. I'm saying be reasonable. You know, use your head. Don't do dumb stuff. On the other hand, if you sit around and moan and groan and complain, you become part of the problem and make it way worse. Okay? Now, everybody turned off. Let's look at what God does. And so, um, you, we can look at this whole thing. I am not going to. You know the story. So I'm not going to go through and just go down the story. I'm going to be looking at it without a doubt. And... Um, point out the things that are in the scripture, but I'm going to look at how can we can be encouraged? How can we continue on? Now remember, we know that the Hebrews are doing something very specific. They are following the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. They don't know where they're going. They, they know they're headed to the promised land. Now we know that's going to take over 40 years before that happens because we know you know, we can look backwards. But they are following the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. They don't know that the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud is going to take them across the Red Sea. They don't know that. All they know is God had promised to lead them. And all they needed to do was follow. Remember that. That's, we have the Holy Spirit. We can follow. We don't have to wonder if we're going to be wandering in the wilderness. There it says, I survived the wilderness. I'm going to talk about we survived the Red Sea this morning. So remember, um, they could have gone the easy way. That's the red line going across. God said, nope, I'm not going to take you that way because the Philistines are there. And when you see war, you're going to get weak knees, turn around, go back. God knew exactly the way we are. He knew the way they were. But he took them in 
the southern direction, and he took them down there, and then he turns around and says, oh, by the way, I don't want you to go this way. I want you to go back up. That's where we find ourselves today, going around in circles. And they are not doing that because they don't know. They are doing exactly what God wants them to do. God took them down and then God takes them back up. He did that, I believe, in some ways to confuse uh, Pharaoh because Pharaoh thinks, okay, they're out there wandering around, going in circles. Uh, They don't have a map. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, And so he is going to exploit the situation just like he had before the Passover because he was abusing them and misusing them as slaves and keeping them in bondage. So he's like, what, what did I do? I left them go. Well, why did he leave them go? Hey, he had the pressure put on him. His son had died in the palace. All of his uh, constituents, all the citizens of Egypt had the firstborn die. So he says, okay, okay, go, please, get out of here. But now he changes. Boy, how quickly we forget what happens with the good stuff and sometimes even the bad stuff. And so he says, and we're in verse 3 of chapter 14, Pharaoh will say to the sons of Israel, they are wandering aimlessly in the land and the wilderness has shut them in. It really looks bad for them. They want it out. Now they have no idea what they're doing. That's what Pharaoh thinks. But that's obviously not true. He, they are not simply going in circles. They are following what the Lord asked them to do. I'm telling you right now, it doesn't look good for the United States and for the world. It really doesn't look all that good. We're going around in circles, and we really are in some ways going around in circles. I haven't told this story publicly, but I'm going to now. Last year, I went to a a garden tractor pulled pretty far away. I was coming home. It was probably about, uh, well, I came home in a rainstorm the whole time. And I got out here to where TE connectivity is. And I've, I've gone on Turnpike Industrial Road, I guess it is. I've done that many times. But it was dark. There was a glare. I mean, it was pitch dark. The road was, it was, it was just, large. and I was a little tired. I'll admit that. So I come up there, and I'm coming down, uh, and I went to turn in, and I looked up, and I saw the road sign. And I'm like, okay, yep, here's where I turn. The problem is, and, and I didn't know how this all happened. I had to go back and find out what happened. I thought the road sign was before the turn. It's not. It's on the other side of the road. I turned. I was going five mile an hour maybe I, I slowed down it was wet and I was I was being cautious I made a turn next thing I know there is a giant evergreen tree in my front windshield and I mean from me to Sergio that's about all the further it was <laughs> and I'm going what there's no trees in the middle of the road and I'm like do I slam on the brakes Or do I keep going? And I knew there was a big uh, hill over here. 
I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go back on the gas real easy. And I went and I got back up, got on the road. And I'm like, what in the world did I just do? So I went back. That was Saturday night. I went back Sunday morning because it was late at night. The house was dark. Oh, yeah, it was, it was the pickup truck with my trailer full of tractors on there. So we're not talking about a car or something. It's big. Um, so I went back Sunday morning right after church. I beat on the door. Nobody answered. So I went back three more times. Well, by that time, by the way, I went back to tell them, if I rooted your grass up, I'll fix it. I'll do whatever I need to do. So I went back four times. And by that time, you couldn't even see the, the tracks in the grass. It, I can't believe it. It's kind of like a miracle. This is a miracle here. This is why I'm using it. <laughs> you couldn't even see the tracks. And it had been raining all day. I don't know how that works, but you couldn't see. I didn't scrape. I didn't do anything. I went back four times. Finally, I couldn't even see the tracks I did. My wife said, listen, you've gone enough times. Just let it alone. I was like, okay, there's no evidence even there anymore. And then she goes, how did you miss those rocks? I'm like, what rocks are you talking about? I didn't realize this, but if you go out there and look, they have rocks this big across there between the, the intersection and their house. I never even knew they were there. I went between that and around. The Lord will make a way. <laughs> I have evidence of such. You know what? I had evidence before that from the Word of God. But here they are. I was wandering. I was not where I should have been. But the point is, no matter what, I had no control over that at all. Well, I did, but I obviously blew it. Point is, the Israelites were following where God wanted them to go, and it looked bad. But God is the one that makes the way. That's the whole point here. It doesn't matter what part of your life, no matter, it can be your marriage, it can be your family, it can be your job, it can be COVID, it doesn't matter what it is, we should not panic. We should not lose courage and be discouraged. We should keep our eyes in the right place. And I'm going to tell you, right now, the world needs to see Christians who keep their eyes on the right place, on Christ fixing our eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. So here they are. They're in that rock and hard place. <clears throat> Pharaoh is now chasing them. Uh, he has once again hardened his heart. And God says, okay, you want to harden your heart? I'll make it good for you. And he hardened his heart. And so he said, um, we're going to go get my chariot. Get my crack troops ready. 600 of them. A lot of times, and I believed this for years, that Pharaoh chased after them with 600 chariots. That is not even close to being true. It's 600 select chariots. That would be like the Green Beret, the, the, the SEAL teams, or, or whatever, the crack troops, or the Army Rangers, whatever, whatever branch you like. Uh, and then all the other chariots of Egypt... And his armies. Now the chariots can go faster, so they would have been the first ones there. <clears throat> but they're going to chase after them. So Pharaoh brings out the big guns. He brings everything he's got. 
to go get them back. Remember, he is chasing at least 2 million people, plus all their flocks and herds and everything else that goes with that. That's at least that. So he sends out everything he's got. And they, they come across, and uh, they're able to catch up pretty quickly. Remember, Israel's doing this. They can cut right across because they know where they're at. So they take the shortcut across, and um, they get them. Uh, they, they catch up to them when they get to the Red Sea because God had said, here, go here. Now, God could have taken them right through. They could have walked across plenty of places, uh, but God puts them. Remember this one. God puts them in a place where they cannot save themselves. They cannot get out of it on their own power. They're not ready to fight, and they can't go forward because the sea is big enough. And in case you've watched the junk that is on TV that says it was this and that, and it was just a swamp, and they went across, just remember all of Pharaoh's chariots are going to be buried in this thing. So guess what? We're not talking about that. We're talking about something that's real. And it had to be wide. And if you look at the screen, it's probably right about where that is. We don't know exactly, of course. But it's someplace where it's not just a little stream they could walk across. None of that kind of stuff. It is an actual body of water that is big enough that... All of Pharaoh's chariots could be in it with his armies in it and all get swamped and drowned. So it's not small. It's big. And um, it's not like uh, the epic, um, I, I forget, Cecil D. DeMille, B. DeMille or whatever, the, the, the Ten Commandments and all that, uh, where they kind of wander through. No, this has... Two million people go across in one night. So this got to be big. It's got to be big. And the, like I said, the chariots all and the armies could all get in there. So anyway, I'm ahead of myself, but here's where we're at in verse 11. And they said to Moses, they're still camped there. This is grumble number one if you're going to keep tr uh, track of the grumbles. Because remember, they're not even out of Egypt yet. They're still technically in Egypt. They're on their way out in the wilderness, but they're technically in Egypt yet. They grumble. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? <laughs> what do they do? I, I identify with Moses. Peter, uh, not Peter, I'm sorry. Uh, Scott said this morning is... And he, he, he was uh, keeping it low-key. We have heard everything. We have heard people who don't believe this is real. We have heard people that they're scared to death. And we have heard everything in between from conspiracy theories to you name it. I think I've heard it all. Probably tomorrow I'll hear something more. But I think I've heard it all. Nonetheless, you're going to be, if you're the leader, you're going to be Shoot the messenger, you're going to be the one who they come to and say, you know, you should do it differently. Well, I've heard a lot of do it differently. Um, and we have prayed and we have put our heads together and we have, oh, I don't know how many hours we spent on this. Peter and I have spent lots of hours on it. The elders have spent lots of hours on it. Um, I wish I could have spent it on other things, but it's not the way it is. Um, 
And uh, they go, hey, we're as good as dead. Moses. Remember, Moses isn't leading them. Who is? God is, and he's leading them very distinctly. They're following the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. Now, he doesn't tell them how he's going to get them across this body of water. He doesn't tell them that ahead of time. They don't know that. All they know is God is leading, and wherever the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud goes, they can go. So if it's across whatever, they can go. If it's desert, they can go. If it's water, they can go. There's nothing stopping them because God is using that. It says that uh, the angel of God, uh, the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud are the angel of God, but it says that God looked down through that. He is absolutely using them, uh, the, 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 the pillar, as the guide. So here's what you need to do, just like them. When things get bad and you don't like it, and there are hard things in this life. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. There are very hard things in this life. On Saturday, we had a memorial service. Ask Chris Long and a whole family... Do things get hard? The answer is they absolutely do. Ask the Hebrews, do things get hard? Yes, they do. Ask the world, do things get hard? Yes, they do. Now, you have to decide who you're going to trust. What are you going to do? You can grumble, moan, groan, and complain and uh, rely on yourselves. But here's what I'm going to tell you. I don't care if it's COVID-19 or what it is. God will allow you to be in situations that if you want to trust yourself, you're in big trouble. You're in really big trouble. The Hebrews are in really big trouble. Because God will allow us in situations where there's only one good solution. <laughs> I've said it this way, it's kind of goofy, is God will allow you to get so low that you're lower than a snail's belly. <laughs> because there's only one way to look in that case, and that's up. Well, guess what? What are the first thing they do? They grumble and they blame Moses. Moses, we told you back in Egypt. We told you uh, that uh, leave us alone. We want to serve the Egyptians. That is a bunch of baloney. It is absolutely revisionist history. The history is very short at this point. But they're saying, hey, we told you we don't want to leave Egypt. There is no evidence whatsoever in this whole account that they ever said that. But I do know that when we get in hard times, we blame others. We say, oh, no, I never wanted to do this. We do. I don't care who you are. I do it too. But that's what they did. They blamed Moses, and then they said, hey, we, we, we wish we were back in Egypt. <laughs> You remember why this all started? God heard the cry of the Hebrew people when Moses was still out in the wilderness and said, go, go down and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. That's what they wanted. Now all of a sudden it's a little bit tough and they want to turn back already and they're not even out of Egypt yet. I want to emphasize that. They haven't even gotten into the wilderness proper yet. And so their memories are now distorted. Why? Fear. 
By the way, is the fear real? Absolutely. The fear is absolutely real. <laughs> You've got the army, biggest army in the world, behind you. You've got a body of water that's uncrossable in front of you. What do you do? And you're not equipped for war, so you can't fight back. Yeah, fear's real. Fear is not an imagination. It is real. Instead of crying out to the Lord, they blame everything and say, oh, we never wanted to be here anyway. That's what they say. It says, didn't we tell you this in verse 12? Didn't we tell you this back in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Wow. Do we change our attitude quick? Oh, you want to, you, you want to fault the Hebrews? Look in the mirror, because we all do it. They are not, we're, we're not unique. They weren't unique. We all do this, and then they blame the, the leader. Uh, in this case, it's Moses. They're distorted because of their fear, and they do that. One of the things that you need to know, and, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this morning, but the whole time they were going through the desert, you might say, oh, they were faithfully following the Lord. But the book of Acts makes it clear that when they left, and it's going to be right after, right during the Ten Commandments being given, and the, the, the law given from, they're worshiping golden calf. And we think, oh, yeah, they worship a golden calf, one-time thing. Not a chance. If you go to Acts chapter 7, Starting in verse 39 through 43, you're going to find they took all their false gods with them the whole time through the wilderness. Yeah, they were playing both sides of it. And if it got tough, we can go back to the old ways. That's the whole thing. Verse 13, Moses, in the middle of the fear, the confusion, all of that that's going on. Real fear, no doubt about it. Moses says, do not fear. That's verse 13. If you catch anything from this sermon, there you go. Do not fear. There's a second part that's going to go with this. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will accomplish for you today. God knows they can't do anything about it. They have no choice. They're lowering a snail's belly right now. God will make a way. Says the Egyptians you see today, you're never going to see them again. Not alive. You may see their bodies floating. You may see their horses floating. Their chariots may be floating down the the creek, but uh, you're not going to see them anymore because they're going to be dead real quick. Now look at verse 14. This tails right off of do not fear. Moses continues, the Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Yeah. See, faith isn't you doing what you can do and then let God do the rest. Mm -mm. No, no, no. Faith is 100% on him. That's what he said. He said, you can do whatever you want to do, but you're going to find out you can't do anything. Stop groaning, moaning, and complaining. Stop living in fear. Stop being negative. I can't imagine the gossip that was going around with two million people right now. 
And you know how that goes. Every time it goes, it gets bigger. Until it's so big, you go, it's overwhelming. That's how it works, right? It is exactly. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate that because it is true. That's how it works. And the longer it goes, the worse it gets. And I can tell you, I fight that all the time. Something happens, I get negative, I start grumbling, then I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? And then I realize I can't do anything, and then it gets worse, and and then I'm going to blame everybody. And then I have to get Paul straight in the head, and i got to get straightened out with the Lord. I did it again this weekend. I do it all the time because I have to get my head straight and I have to get my eyes focused correctly. There's no other way to do it. And the Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Then the Lord said to Moses, now the Lord is now speaking, why are you crying to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. They already know where to go. There's no doubt in their mind what they should do. If the cloud or the pillar moves, you move. doesn't matter what, what the situation is, the circumstances, it doesn't matter. The cloud moves, you move. That's, that's the way it is. And then, uh, I think Nike got it from here. Just do it, Moses! You know, just do it. I already showed you what to do. All you have to do is follow. That's faith, by the way. You're just trusting him. Completely. And then he gives Moses a visual for the people. Specific instruction in this case. Uh, He says, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the sons of Israel shall go through in the midst of dry land. This happens in the space of, a, from what I can tell from the context here, about a day and a half. You do not have a volcano up in the Mediterranean Sea exploding and get this to happen. I just saw that one on TV less than a week ago. Uh, and there was, I, I had, I think one time, four or five different natural explanations of how the Red Sea parted. Not a single one even comes close to being real. This is a miracle, folks. Nothing but a miracle. There is no other way. It says there was a wall on one side and a wall on the other side. That does not happen. And they crossed on dry land. Now, you know that uh, Faye and I have a little cottage down in, in Gretna. And every winter, they drain Mount Gretna Lake. And for a whole winter, that lake bed never dries out. This dries out in one, less than one night. That, is, that alone is as much of a miracle as the waters parting. They walked across, it says, on dry land. You couldn't have gotten people through on the muck that's on the bottom of any body of water, much less chariots and anything else. You couldn't have done that. You wouldn't get your sheep across. They would go, we ain't going across, you know. <laughs> Moms would go, my kids aren't going in there. <laughs> it's the way it is. So this is all a miracle. And uh, they need a little bit of time. God dries it up in one night time. They move across in approximately one day. And it says that the pillar of cloud moved behind them. So it starts at nighttime. It says there's the pillar of cloud and darkness. So at first the Egyptian, and, and 
you can read this and you may come up with a little bit different than I do, but at first it's so dark that the Egyptian army cannot move forward. Armies don't fight very well at nighttime, at least back before flashlights and lasers and all kinds of other stuff like that, or night vision goggles. Didn't work that way. So it's completely dark and the Egyptian army is stalled right there. They can't go forward. So you have the pillar of cloud behind them, the sea in front of them, the Egyptians behind that, and there they are. God does what God does best, not making uh, hard things possible. No, he does the impossible above and beyond anything that is natural. It's supernatural. The cloud is there all night. And then it also says that, um, that they couldn't come near them all night. And God is the one that swept it back um, with a strong wind. And the time frame, like I said, is about a day, a little bit more. Um, and he divides the whole thing up. <clears throat> and then it makes it clear that the pillar of cloud also, a pillar of fire, I'm sorry, also made light. So I don't know exactly how that worked. Did it start out and they stopped the Egyptians and then it turned into the pillar of uh, fire? And then, obviously, they're not going to go through a pillar of fire. And then it goes around and goes over the sea. Whatever it was, the Egyptians saw what was happening. They saw the miracle and they said, Oh, if God's making a way for them, hey, it's a way for us also. And so without much hesitation, from what I can tell, uh, they had no problem following after. What I do know is that all of Israel got across. Now God allows them to come. When they are all in the middle, and it's got to be deep enough to drown chariots and full-grown men and horses and everything else. It's got to be deep enough for that. So I have no idea how deep it was. All I know, it had to be pretty scary. <laughs> People get a little scared of water to start with. But in this case, you've got like an aquarium be like going down to the, one of those aquarium things where you, you got all this glass and you go, what if that glass broke? You, you know that, that feeling? You're walking through the middle of that and you just, what if that glass broke? There are sharks and all kinds of other things in there. It doesn't look good. That's where they're at. And they go across on dry land. And as soon as they get across, it says in verse 23, the Egyptians took up pursuit and all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen went in after them into the middle of the sea. And um, they get in the middle. Now remember, they're in the middle, and they're like, oh, God did a miracle. Wow, God made a way. Hebrews went through. Oh, God made a way for us too. <laughs> oh, he did. He set a trap for you. Yes, that's what he did. Notice what it says that uh, it starts actually in verse 24. It says, The Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians. Notice it's not only the chariots and horsemen, now he uses the word army, which insinuates foot soldiers. And he looked down through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he put them into confusion. Remember where they are. They're in the middle with a wall here and a wall here, and dry land under their feet, but this wall is higher than they are on both sides. And he puts them into confusion. All of a sudden, they're like, hmm, I wonder if this was a good idea. 
<laughs> I wonder. He's in, and then, look at verse 25. He caused their chariot wheels to swerve. And he made them drive with difficulty. I don't know. Did the seabed start getting mucky again? I don't know what it is. Did the axles fall off? I don't know. It doesn't tell us that. And the Egyptians said, most people never see this. The Egyptians, it said, let us flee from Israel. At this point, they go, whoa, we have overstepped our bounds. And they have now turned around and they are going back to Egypt. They're not going after the, Egyptian, uh, the Israelites anymore. They've turned back and they're going the other way. That's what it says. For the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. I don't care what it is in your life. If you're trusting the Lord, he is the one who says, you know what? Don't try to help me. Now, I'm not telling you God doesn't have things for you to do. That would be totally the opposite of what, I, what the Bible teaches. But there are those cases where he says, stand back. Close your mouth. Follow where I tell you to go. I will do the fighting. I will take care of it. I hope, I don't care what it is in your life, and I don't care if it's COVID, I don't care what it is. You know what? We as Christians need to say the Lord is going to make a way. God is going to do what he needs to do. I'm not living in fear. I want to, I want to be a responsible, reasonable person. That I do. I, I believe I'm a pretty much common sense kind of guy. I believe that. I believe that's who God made me, and that's what he wants me to do. On the other hand, I have no power whatsoever of COVID-19 or two walls of water on either side of the Red Sea. I have no clue how to deal with those things. Stand back. The Lord will do the work. Think about your salvation. There is not one single thing you added to the work of Christ. You cannot do that. You always go back to that one when you talk about faith, when you talk about trusting the Lord. He did it all. There was nothing you could add, nothing you could take away from it. You just need to trust it. And that's what he's always expected us to do. And so um, they are now fleeing. They're heading back home. And the Lord said to Moses, Moses, Moses and the children of Israel have to be out the other side. He says, my, my words, hey, Moses, you put your rod out and it, it parted. Turn around, put your rod back out. Because guess what? It's coming down. The walls are coming down. I don't care if it's Jericho, AI, or wherever else. God is the one that does it. And it says, stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come back over the Egyptians. Notice, over the Egyptians. I have no idea how deep it was. It's just enough to cover them uh, and drown them. So, and uh, the horses cherished, everything's going to be wiped out. Moses stretched his hand out over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal state at daybreak. Now, did that take a little bit of time? It kind of looks like it might have, or it could have been really big. I, I don't know. It was enough that it drowned it, all of them. Uh, and the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. The, the whole thing is, the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the middle of the sea. They returned, covered the chariots, the horsemen, and the entire army that had gone into the sea after them. And, now listen to the last part of verse uh, 28. Not even one remained. It is a total wipeout. Total wipeout. 
There's not a bit any person. And the sons of Israel had walked through on dry land. <laughs> the Egyptians didn't get through. They were walking on dry land for a while. But this whole thing just came back on. And the last two verses. Thus, the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. This is the second time in about a week the Lord has saved them. Think about this. The Passover had happened. They are free people. They moved out. Within a week, they're grumbling. Within a week, approximately give or take a day or two, they're grumbling already. Are we like the Egypt? Are we like the Hebrews? You better believe we are like the Hebrews. God does something good. We're all happy and wow, isn't this wonderful? <laughs> Within a short time, we're grumbling. We're complaining. We're belly aching. We're, we're doing all those things. We're now negative. We've lost faith. We, we're no, no longer can trust the Lord. I, I propose to you we're in a bad shape as a, as a, a country and as a people. But it, what did they do? It says they turned around and they saw the dead Egyptians on the seashore. So they had washed up. And verse 31, when Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared that has reverence for and awe for the Lord. And they believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. The next sermon is going to be a song that they wrote. Hallelujah! God did it! God did it! Three days later, what are they doing? Well, wait till next week. We'll look at the, They're grumbling again. Wow! I propose to you, there's a place where you've done what you're supposed to do. You're following what God wants you to do. There's a time to stop. Just say, you know what? I'm going to trust the Lord and I'm going to speak up on His behalf. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to worship Him. And are things going to happen? The answer is yes. But you know what? We got nothing to fear. We really don't have anything to fear because the Lord's in control. He proves that over and over. And I wrote in here, the things that you worry about, the things that cause you anxiety, the things that cause you to lose sleep, all of those things almost always never happened. Yeah. Because we allow our minds, our emotions to run wild. And when we do, we then do foolish things. We say foolish things. You know what? The Lord's in control, folks. Proves it over and over and over. Let's all stand together. Lord, thank you for making a way. Thank you for giving us your son, who absolutely made the way of salvation and eternity. But Lord, we thank you that we have even more than a pillar of cloud and fire. We have the Holy Spirit living in us to guide us and direct us and take us through the most horrible situations we can think of. We'll never say that it doesn't affect us. It absolutely does. Does it cause us fear? It absolutely does. Does it cause us to doubt at times? Yes. But Lord, I pray that we would trust you and allow you to make the way to give us a testimony to the rest of those, the world who has no hope. But we thank you that when we trust you, and even when we don't trust you, you're an absolutely faithful God who will do what he said he will do. Lord, thanks so much. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Go with God.